Welcome back to Mishpachas, take two, where you get to meet the people, the personalities, the names that are familiar, the faces that are familiar to you from the pages of the magazine. Today's, today's guest, Donnie Gross, is very special to us because Donnie Gross is one of the most low-key, private people. You know his name because his fingerprints are everywhere that good Jewish music is found, yet he himself is hiding. It's such a treat to finally get him out of his bunker, out of his cellar. Donnie, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Sully. Um, I'm not wrong, right? That you, you sit in your house, you work at your house, you work in your studio. Yeah, I work in the studio in the basement of my house. And somehow everything that comes out good says music by Donnie Gross, produced by Donnie Gross. Yeah, I saw this week the Hask medley, it said written by Donnie Gross. And your name is everywhere, and, and you're, in, you're in hiding. So <laughs> it's very exciting for us to make the big reveal of Donnie Gross. Tell me a little bit about what you do. Um, so I'm a music producer. Um, which is a word that a lot of people don't know what it means, but I do music production. Explain from start to finish. Expect that our viewers want to understand what you do and how you got there. Right. So um, what I do is many, many different things. Obviously, different projects I'm involved on a different level. Some projects I do the whole thing from producing. Producing can mean either a singer comes to me or I find a singer and I, we have an idea. Either he has a song. What, what, what does that mean, you find a singer? Um, different opportunities where I, let's say I've, I've Tell me a singer uh, you initiated. found. I would say a project I've, I've initiated more than a, you know, a singer I found. It would be, let's say, H3 with AB. It was a project that I you know, initiated. I chased after him to... After AB? I chased after AB to, to get that project. Uh, and you said it's uh, time. Now, producer means what? Producer, producer it's you, a financial investment? It's so, a obviously, things, things have evolved over the years. What it used to mean is producer was sort of like the mashkiach on top of everything to make sure that it gets done. Who, who gives you a mashkiach went to yeshiva and somebody said you'll be a good... Who, makes, who decides you're a producer? How, how does that happen? It's yeah. usually not the first step. It's usually either someone has some sort of... some other leg in the industry, whether he's a composer... Like even me myself, I started actually as a composer, even though now I barely write songs. And what, did, what did you compose for whom? Um, I have for Simcha Liner a song on uh, Michal Przansky, Yisrael Shwaki, Shlomo Simcha. You were young, and you were. I was young, like every you know, like everyone else out there. And did I you play? To, I played. I played. At, I started playing at nine years old, ten years old, piano, and I, I don't know, when I was maybe. I think in ninth grade or tenth grade, I think my father told me, if you could play, why can't you write songs also? And my father was in choirs as a kid, he was in Jap, he's a Baltfilla, and he was always very, the, my parents were very supportive, always very into the music. And he told me, well, you, if you could compose, you know, if you could play, why can't you compose songs? I said, oh, you know, so he said, just try. So I tried. And I worked. made up a song. It was, you know, uh, you know at that point I thought it Do was. Do you sing? I sing a little. I'm not, you know, not a big singer. I sing in the choirs. I, uh, you know, I'm not the world's greatest voice at all, but I understand more than I, you okay, know. Okay, so you, you know. go on. So I, I, so when I was in tenth grade, I, um, I wrote the song, and there was a twelfth grade bacher in yeshiva that had like a little like studio set up in his grandmother's house. In yeshiva in Dachin. In Kamenetz, Torah Samas Kamenetz, Flash, and. Um, I see, he said, I said, oh, so I used to play like keyboard at the Yeshiva Masiba and that type of stuff. So he, I, I, he, I knew he had a little studio and he didn't really play. So he said, you know what, how about you, I'll record your demo. And if you play like piano on my, on my song. I said, it sounds good. So I went to his grandmother's basement and I uh, recorded the song. 
so proud of it. We spent like days and days. I thought it was the greatest thing. Mm -hmm. It sounded terrible. I haven't heard it in a long time. And uh, I remember coming home. I was so proud of it. I played for my parents. And they were like, wow, that's amazing. Like, why can't, like, what does he have that you don't? Like, why can't, you know, maybe we could, uh, you could, you could do this. I said, yeah, I don't know. It's this and that. It's got a computer. It's got this program and a cheap mic and uh, this. Like, what does it cost? So, I think it was $1,500. said, we'll pay for it. I was in uh, about 11th grade. And um, I got the stuff, and I started. And at that point, uh, you know, I was just recording my own like songs. I made some songs. My brother was two years old. Than me he used to sing them. He was he's more like a singer. And I was uh, playing the music and do it. And then I remember one day my father called me up. He's like, uh, Donnie, what do you charge to record a demo for someone? I said, I, I can't. I don't know. What, like I don't know what I'm doing. So he's like, no, I have this person sitting with me. He, he wants to do it. Well, well, you know, what is it? I, said, I don't know. Uh, Sixty. Your father's not in the industry. He's no, doing not his own industry. stuff. Not in the industry. Yeah. He's like, he's like, uh, I said, I don't know, $65 for the song? So they said, okay, fine, $65. Okay, he sent me two songs that night. I wanted a demo, so I used to, I would play it. My brother would sing it. I think he got the break. He got $25 for singing it. I got the rest. We were so excited. We spent days. And, I, and, and you know, from that, one thing led to the next. I did a demo for him. I did a demo for him. I you know, slowly started doing more elaborate type of demos. And... Um, as I made a link, a little money off these demos, I would upgrade my stuff a little bit, you know, to get a little better stuff. I was learning along the way. And, then, you know, that was basically it. I, when I got married, I was, you know... I was, you went to Yeshiva? I went to Yeshiva, I was in Darche. Were you basically. into music a lot? Or you no, I, actually, when I was there, I used to come once a month. I didn't have any instrument in Yeshiva. You were doing Yeshiva stuff. You went to Eretz Yisrael also? Or? Yeah, I went there. So I was in the Mirror of Usher. Uh-huh. Um, again, music not not a big part of your life. It w again, it was I always played on off Shabbos up the whole weekend. I'd be busy playing and record maybe if someone wanted to do something. But in yeshiva, you know, there was no. There was and a you mismatch. got married and you told your wife that music is something that you see as a potential career. No, no. When I got married, I thought it would be a nice little outlet. I would do it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I always loved music. Followed music growing up. I knew every CD that came out. I, I enjoyed music. I grew up with it. My father. You know, with old older music, my father was in Jap, Jap One. He sang on, you know, that's and as a kid. So I, we always grew up. This uh, was part of. If you always know about Jap One, it's a great credit to you and what you've been doing in recent months yeah, with bringing yeah, back a lot of those I, songs. Jap One's great, and a few oh. songs we missed. Well, I hope to cover it at some oh, point. We'll get to that. But it, I thought it would be a little outlet. Maybe you know, do a little some demos for people, some small work, but not not definitely not. I did not think at all it would be a main thing. Went there at all. I was there. <clears throat> I think I married for a year. I came back. My wife went to to a school over here, I was learning Kyle, Kyle, and um, slowly, like I started getting, I remember a family called me, I used to do like these demos for, and they, and they said, oh, we want to do like a bar mitzvah CD, and, and um, I said, yeah, sure, you know, yeah, let's do it, we did it, it was same thing, but you know, I still, at that point, I wasn't even recording with like real musicians, I didn't, um, earlier, I just missed a step, when I was still in bass measures, last, right before I went there at Stral, um, that summer before, Benis Manum, I wanted to put something out, I was doing, you know, so I figured, you know, let me do an acapella album. You know, let me uh, get four guys. I was in camp. I used to run the choir in Camp Rain. And I figured it was, it was always like, there was a certain vibe there. There was a certain feeling. There was a certain thing that we used to bring out in Cantata. We used to practice that choir. And I wanted to, like, how can we capture that and, you know, and bring it out to the world? So I figured, look, let me get four, three other guys. I remember I paid them in as well. And I said, we're going to put out an acapella CD. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to put a CD. I didn't know what, once you have a CD, what do you do with it? I was 19 years old, and uh, we did it. We spent the summer, this, you know, the, during the month of Av, and it was Benis Manum. Every day for three weeks, four weeks, three, four hours a day, we sang. And, and from that, that was Kums in the Rewan, which came out the, you know, the, the, the next sphere. 
Um, and that was it. And that was like the only connection I had to anything put out. I put it out. It did okay. I mean, it wasn't, no one really knew about it. You know, it was a capacity. Um, then time was on. So I, got, I came back to my troll and I started on, um, you know, I was doing these, these demos at this apartment city. And then I got a call the first time I got a call from Tzvi Silverstein. Because um, I was, again, a composer. I sent him songs. He said, I like the song. I want to buy it from you. So I said, okay, great. He's like, by the way, do you arrange music? Which, again, I didn't realize the demo. I, didn't, I said, uh, but I told him, yeah, yeah, I do. So he's like, okay, I want you to arrange it. So I'll go, wow. So John, very good. Obviously, I just wanted to you know, get the thing. When you, you know? say arrange, that means you figure out the arrange introduction. Means, yeah, arrange means you, you, you decide, you, just, you, like, you sort of notate, you decide what's, which music. And then you write down the notes time. for the musician? How do you teach so, it to So again, I'm not, me, myself, I, I don't necessarily, I'm more of, by ear, by emotion, that's you know the way I operate. Sometimes when, so when I'm working with one musician, I, I write down just the chords for him, but if it's, let's say, I'm recording with multiple musicians at the same time, and then it has to be exactly, I have someone that takes my ideas, I'll play it out, and he'll make it 100% just to, you know, to, for the practical sample. But a lot of the musicians. When did you make that jump into the big leagues, as, so to speak? So uh, one thing led to the next. It, it, it happened. Yeah. That is, you should continue to have the this very quickly. Like one day, nobody yeah. knew your name, and all of a sudden your name is everywhere. <laughs> So one thing, one thing. I have to share something personal. You know this is true. Share our good friends who are watching. I once emailed you. I didn't know who you were, and it had nothing for me. It had nothing to do with mishpacha, nothing to do with anything. I just I had heard comes this in the rain. I don't know if it was number two. Number two. Yeah. It was reach out, yeah. and the sound was like nothing I'd ever heard. It was there was such a reverence for old music, but at the same time it was a very fresh sound. And I asked Yassi's wife for email address. I remember. <laughs> Sent to me. He said, "Whoever you are, you're great." Keep it up. I, I, rem I remember that. I remember that. You don't keep it on the wall like that email, like a, a special place? <laughs> I should, I should, I should. Put that out. I do remember um, yeah. So you were onto something. There's, there's, uh, there's something that you do very nicely, which is you're able to, to, to mix respect for what was and, and contemporary vibe. Yeah, so... Something you worked on? So, so I'll, I'll, I think I th it's a good question. I don't, I don't know if I have the answer to the question, but what I do think is that I'm someone that I try to be very in tune to the emotion of the song, meaning, a lot, you know, a lot of the music comes out, it's a beautiful music, there's people that are way more talented than me, and musicians, but there's a certain, you know, when I'm hearing a slow song, if it's a slow song, if it's supposed to be hard, it's supposed to hit me, it has to hit me, if it's not hitting me, then we're doing something wrong, either the melody's not strong enough, the singer is not singing it correctly, it's done too fast, it's done too high of a key, it's done too, there's a lot of uh, agreements. There are songs that are great music, great words, great everything, but it, some singers do it and other singers don't bring it for that particular song. Have you had that? For sure. That's, that's for sure. For sure that that's a factor. You I hear mean, a song. Also, again, also the Who are the singers you're most associated with? So I do uh, um, a lot of stuff with uh, Benny Friedman, uh, Joey, Joey Newcomb. Who's Joey Newcomb? I never... <laughs> yeah. It's actually funny about Joey Newcomb because Joey is actually one of his, his first gigs were from... He played, my brother actually was a Kyle with him before he did anything, and they did a Hanukkah Masiva together. And Hello, uh, sharing a lot of history here. You emailed me. Hi, Israel. This is my name is Daniel. Right. I want to let you know about a new singer in Mishpachasha. No, he's coming on the scene. Exactly. His name is Joey, Joey Newcomb. Newcomb. I think you wrote Yasef. Yasef yeah. Joey Newcomb. <laughs> then. At that point, he's trying to change his name back to Yasef. Yeah. That don't work. Yasef yeah, Joey Newcomb, and I think that he'll be fresh. I was like, okay, another like 500 emails a day, cult of. And here we are. I have to beg you to come yeah, yeah. in. Listen, he, uh, Joey, I remember still when Joey called me. So I knew him. So he, my brother, he said, oh, my, he played like little comes, uh, guitar at a Hanukkah. He said, oh, my father was making a, a shout for my sister in law. Maybe come. 
pay, we'll pay you a little. We paid him $150. He was so excited. Did the game from there. He did another. He did a lot of stuff with my family. He played my son's Pidna Ben. My son's six and a half. He played, you know. So he, he was very involved in our family. And then he called me three years ago, maybe even less. It's very quick also, Joey, you know. And he said, Danny, you know, I do a lot. I'm doing gigs now in the five towns. Like, you know, things are picking up a little. And people are pushing me to do an album. What do you think? So I think it's a terrible idea. So he's like, you know, I said, listen, I, obviously I could, you know, tell you it's a great idea. And, uh, you know, but I, that's, I think it's a lot of money. It's a big investment to put in. I think you should start slow, do a single, you know. And then he's like, yeah, but we don't do it now. I said, why don't you start with a single? See how it takes off. You see people are connected. Well, one second. There's a difference between a single and an album. Is that really a raya? It's not necessarily if a raya. If somebody told me to put out a chapter of a book and we'll see how it does, I would say, come on. A book yes, to book. Agreed, but at the same time, it's it's you know just to throw it out without any you know sometimes you could build this up a little. Like people, there's a little bit of recognition, and then people are waiting for that, and then you it's Did the single take up. Take up. Huh? What was the single? The single we put out was Ani Litvak, Ani Chassid. And that it song. It, it, again, the people that knew him liked it. It was people recognized him a little. It did not you know take him to, to that whole level. Thank you, Hashem. Even thank you, Hashem. I still remember. Thank you, Hashem. The, the album came out in January, and my Benny sang my brother's chasm in November. And by the way, I told him you got to learn the song. Thank you, Hashem. And he, he had to learn. It was ten months later, and he had to. He didn't even know. He learned the high part. He didn't even. You know, he he knew. And then, then at that point, it started picking up. And you know, and from there, you know, he totally. Would you say that it, it exploded because of one song? Because of that song? No. No, I think uh, it's, it's, not, it's not the song. Oh, Joey is an artist, like he, he has a personality, he has a, he's a real deep neshama. And it's, he also, he benefited a lot from the, the WhatsApp world. He's so yeah. camera friendly. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He benefited from that. And it's just, again, Joey's that, it's almost like, you know, people always say, like, uh, I remember someone told my brother also, because like, he was the guy who was like, you discovered Joey. My brother's like... Maybe I was the first one who gave him his first gig, but someone would have discovered him. This guy, he's too much that he wouldn't, you know. Okay, so Joey and Benny, let's use them as an example. Those are two of the people that you completely produce? That means um, they make an album, you pick the songs? It I mean, Benny is more recently, so I didn't, his, his last music album, I, I did. I'm going to stop making you uncomfortable after this, but I, I, compl <laughs> I complimented Benny once on something recently that he sang. I said, you really strike. He said, the credit goes to Donnie. What, what do you think he means by that? He's, Benny's a big on of. Uh, okay. But, um... I think, you know, every artist has their, you have to realize the studio What set. do you do? What do you do to artists? There are people who have been in business for a long time, and, and, and you work with them, and you bring out something else. What, so, what do you do? So I think this, the that. studio setting is a very um, unique setting, and the fact that a singer's live at a wedding. There's people, 500 people looking at him. He's on a stage. It's loud. It's music. It's geschmack. He's singing. He's in a zone. You get a guy in a studio. It's me. And the singer, he's looking at a microphone, wearing headphones, uncomfortable, singing to a click that's, that's, that's keeping him on beat. It's a very not friendly way to be in, a, in a, an environment to, to really express yourself. So a lot of people, even though with technology we can edit every note and we get to break things down, I always tell you know, a singer, sometimes a singer sing, I'm like, that's great. They're like, yeah, it's, like, it's, you know, it's, it's off tune. I said, tune, pitch, make a fix a little, but I can't create heart. 
singing is not singing with emotion. He's not singing with feeling. I can't, I can't create How that. Maybe they'll it? maybe they'll come to that point. But at this point, we can't do that. So, <laughs> so it's the singer. A lot of them, you know, a lot of um, singers. They come to the studio and and they just they're closed. They're closed. And you want to he has to sing emotional. It's fascinating. He has to sing geschmack. You have to get him into. You have to get him into a zone. Where where he can go and then be free and then also sometimes you you know you can't slow them down even if they totally messed up just let them go let them go and you know keep you don't have to let them know exactly what you're keeping what they're not you know but you got to keep it's very important to keep the singer keep the general environment in the studio in a way that's positive. It's not a Essentially, a therapist. <laughs> Not really a therapist, but get, just getting someone into a—I a, a, don't know. Uh, maybe that's what the therapists do. But uh, you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's, um, sure it's the same type of tactic. But it's you're sort creating, of creating an emotional connection it's with the singer. Creating a connection, and creating a, that the singer to get feel the song. And sometimes you can do it. And it's the most beautiful take, and he's hitting the notes so perfectly and portraying. What's the but, longest amount of time? How, what was the like the most difficult experience you had with somebody? How many time? How many takes? How many hours did you tell you got it right? There, there are there are songs that we do, and I listen back after we spend two, three hours, four hours on the song, and I listen back and say, "We're, we're throwing out, we're doing it again." Start so, again. We're starting again. It's and I, I'm like I'm, I'm very into the fact that there's no knows not like it's not an answer. Like oh, it's, it's cool. We put so much time, so we might as well just put it You're out. You're saying because like, even though everything's digital and you could auto tune and auto correct yes, and auto fix, yes, yes. it's nothing. You can mess it up. You you can mess you you cannot again. You can get everything to sound in time on pitch. Perfect. Do you work, look for singers who shine in heart, not just talent? Or um, would you take anybody? If anybody came to you and ready to pay again, so it's the Donny Gross premium fee, did they get you? <laughs> so at this time, at this point, in time is more limited. So I'm definitely, you know, cutting back. I want to make an album. Would you let? <laughs> for you, you're not. You're, you're, you're a star. So you, you would let star. you would let me do an album. <laughs> If he, uh, I'm serious. Well, how do you how do you, you have your name also at this point? You also for sure. Then I have to be careful. Have so what do you do? Do you say try out for me? No. Well, okay. So I, I have, have you ever told the person no? Yeah, most of the calls that come my way are, are no. More for the reason of you know people that I'm trying to be more sel more selective. Just in a way, I have to maximize my time to live like a person, have a family. The balance a bit, you know. It's, it's uh, a, your it's kids a have come in and out of the studio in the middle. Yeah, yeah the kids uh, come. You know, they're the kids, comfortable. Yeah, they come. You know, it's hard. I can't get them to bed because they're so excited to be in the studio. You know, but yeah, my kids they they sit through the sessions. They, they they see it all happen. But the balance, I have to be a per obviously the times I do a prod, there are certain albums I did in, in three four weeks recently in the last year that working sixteen hours a day. It's not, you know it's not it's not a it's not a healthy way to do it. So so I have to sort of balance life and and work and you know in a way that, that makes sense. And obviously I love what I do, but. You know, there's priorities in life, and um, so I am definitely more selective who I take. At the same time, I want to. It's not just about money. I want to make, you know, my music should make a difference in the world. So, I like taking singers that I feel more have that capability with both, you know, either name recognition. But I usually say, usually the people that have name recognition have something. It didn't just get, they didn't buy their name in there. It's, it's it doesn't really work like that. People see, sometimes there's you know a fad and it gets up for a little and it sinks down. But the people that stay and people that really people want to hear it, there's something there and. Um, 
and 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 I like taking these things. And my job as a producer is not to 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 make them me. It's to take them and bring out what they have. You know, Joey Newcomb, Benny Freeman, they're very different people. They're very different personalities, and each one, I, I, it's a totally different parsha. How I how does it work for you that they're essentially competitors, even though maybe they're not in the same space, but they're both your people. Yeah, but so, there's only but so many gigs in the year, and so many people funding gigs. So Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, I think there's a lot but of... But I see they get along. You, you, you introduce something, I don't know if you introduce it. You do a lot of collaborations. You'll yeah, have Benny singing on a Joey album, Joey singing on a Benny album. So, so, That's so an one, idea you one, made up? Yeah, so one thing I'm trying to do also is that I think, that, you know, at the end of the day, the Jewish singers are people that, that, that uh, Amoinam or a certain part of them look up to. And to, you know, that they should be, we should, people should look at us and look at our industry and not say, I feel like we have a, we have a bad rap, so to say, but like, Look at them, the good people. If you see them in the street, they'll take a picture with you. I was out with Benny uh, a few weeks ago, and everyone comes over to him. Can I take a picture? And every person. No, nobody the, nobody no, asked you? That's okay. I, I got over. Thought you want to take a picture? <laughs> I take this the picture. This is my selfie with you. I take the picture. <laughs> You're the photographer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, uh, and every person, they come with a smile. And uh, again, it's very tough because you can't, you go in a bar, everyone's coming over and, and uh, music and all the things and it, it's it, it is I, I could see it very much being I don't want to use the word annoying but you know but you know it, it's it's hard on them and and they have families and lives and they can't really go out in public and it's it's not I'm not you know it's not it's not what to be Makan everyone thinks you know these guys have a but ultimately they have a avoider they have a job they're putting on music that they're making hopefully a real impact on the world in a very powerful way through music, which is a very powerful way, and it's not just the music, they have to be represented, and someone sees them in the street, no, and, and they can make a video, they, don't even, they make so many videos, and I get all the time people request, and I, I try when I could to get them, but again, it's me pushing them to get it, and if they're in the studio, and it could take them 15 seconds, and you have people tell me a year later, they watch it every day, 10 times a day, the chizik that they could give, it's, 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 so I almost feel like it's in a Christ, and that people should see, there's achdus in, in the industry, and when I could get collaborations, and it's just nice, it brings a good feeling when you two singers sing together, it's not, you know, like, it's a competition, where, you know, we're working together, yes, is there a limited thing? So that? I hear what you're saying, you're saying a thing that you, you very much believe in the ruchniyistik component and the shlichus, which I've heard from others, but I, I actually believe it when you say it. But uh, forgive my asking this, what, what's your panasa? Your panasa is from sales of albums, your panasa is paid by the era, you so, get paid... Uh, for the project? So, so my, in general, the way it's set up, things have evolved over the years. It used to be there were two industries. There was albums and there was gigs, and they were both profitable industries. You put out an album, album sold, you made money, even more than when people sang at, at gigs, and they sang weddings, and they sang shows, and they made money, and it was two separate things. So a lot of the producers would put their own money into the albums, and they would uh, make money off the albums. It was a profitable endeavor. Obviously, things have changed. Sales are down. Sales are down um, because streaming? Sales are down, I think, for a few reasons. Um, because even before streaming became as big as sales were down, I think streaming is actually helping something in a way that streaming is bringing back that people are, I think more people are listening to music than they ever were. I think 10 years ago, five years ago, a lot of people, they dropped out. You know, They didn't like the whole change in Jewish music, that, that whole turn. And there's, there's also a lot thing. of competition. There's a million singers. There's a million singers. There's, yeah, there's millions out. Yeah, in the 70s, there were a few albums, five albums, eight albums came out a year. We're talking right. about... That comes out in a week. So it's, it, there's a lot of people coming out. It's not really such a profitable endeavor to make so an where's album. Your, your but, the, but the money in, in chasmas and, and, and shows and stuff is, is more than so ever. So you share in that? Once so no, you so usually what happens is they, they'll, the general thing that they'll pay me to do an album, they'll either a good singer will say break even and make a little bit. Even that's coming harder and harder. Or they're losing. And you know they're losing money. 
Um, but again, it's it's investing in the brand. It's a, it's a business expense to 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 get the shows, which ultimately the you know the gigs and the weddings, which is more than ever, is more money. And you share those profits, no, I guess. Usually not. So usually it's. I mean, they pay. paid you as an investment, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, sometimes we work at some sort of deal, but usually it's like Moanoshach, the singers. Are there? Was there anybody in from music before you who did what you did? You're you're essentially a one-stop shop in a way that nobody ever did before. You're arranging, producing. All the little things you do with the so, choirs and bringing out the best in the singer, right, so and you had the studio in your house. Right. So has so that been done before? Back in definitely, it's it's a recent thing because because there's less money in sales that we had to sort of consolidate. Which was when I started, I, I saw this already. Well, that I have to learn how to do everything, even if I don't end up doing everything, just have to understand everything um, to do, to be able to do everything. Because ultimately, that's really the only way to to, to really succeed and even make you know because it used to be. If your CD was selling 20,000, 30,000 albums, you're making, t- you could have a producer, you could pay the arranger separately, then you could go to pay a studio, then you could pay a guy to edit it, then you could pay a guy to mix it because there was enough money that everyone could make their share and still come out on a profitable product because it got small and it got diminished in order for singers to, to you know, it still has to make sense for singers. So even if they're losing, and they could lose, you know, if they're making, you know, as, more, as much as they make, they could start, you know, how much they need to put it back in, but they can make that, that cheshman. But, um, there's yeah there are there are there are other you know what's it things. like you, you do something you've made a couple of comebacks I wouldn't call it let's say Abraham Attenberger <laughs> comeback because he was always relevant he never disappeared but it was just old stuff and you pushed Abraham Attenberger somebody who's got to be in the sixties you know you and me are close to the same age we grew up with him thirty years ago more and suddenly he's back again because of you when you're bringing out Uncle Maishi let's you know talk about Uncle Maishi who was an icon for so many years then lay low for a little bit, and then he's back with you. Are you going for that same thing? Are you trying to reinvent the person? Or are you, or, or are you trying to just take, take what was and turn it on again? Right, so I, I'm, obviously when I started and I was younger, I would call it more, uh, I don't know if it's immaturity, but it's, it's more, you want to do things that are a little more flashy, and you arrange, you want to do something that people say, oh, look at what he did in that music. But the older I get and the more I'm doing is I feel more, it's, it's not about what people will look at the details of the song and say, look what he did with that little violin, the way it moved. But it's more about when people listen to the song and say, wow, look what that song did for me. How's the song moving them? So I look more at big picture as a producer. I would say the producer and the arranger are almost fighting each other. The arranger wants people to say, wow, great music and whatever. And the producer wants people to say, great song, great, great emotion. And the singer, ultimately, the vocals, what's going to bring that emotion. So... I'm very focused on vocals. I it's very not often I'll do anything if if I can't like you know record the vocals because to me the vocals that's what the emotions come. You could have the greatest philharmonic orchestra, amazing song, but the vocals is not it's not hitting the spot. It's it's the, the song. Well, it'll be a nice song next, you know, to really get it to move people. The, the, it has to come from the vocals, the melody. So you know, so I, as I get, I, I'm not trying to reinvent people. I'm just trying to bring out the best in in, in, in artists, and I try to what I was that try like to understand. To, let's take Avery Atemberg, probably one of a legend to you growing up. For you're sure, young. For sure. What was Much. it like him walking into your studio and you're suddenly in control? A B go up yeah, or down. That, that, that what was it like? The greatest, uh, you know, uh, moment uh, that I ever, you know, dealt with in the studio. I remember the first time he came, and he was in the studio. I was listening. He's recording, and he's singing into my ears, and I was like. This is crazy. What song? It's crazy. He sang uh, Maidani with uh, also with Sweet Silverstein on that, the wet album. He did, uh, and he came to my studio. I, t- I remember telling Sweet, come on, get A.B. to record by me. Like, you know, I want to I record with A.B. A.B.? So, yeah, he was here. Shavuos, he came in. He said, okay, I have like three hours in the morning. I'll call. I said, awesome, you know, I'll make it out. So he came in, and it was just amazing. That was like an amazing experience. And that's and when you clicked with him? That's 
you have to know Abe's, you know, you, you know Abe, you, you've interviewed him, you know, and, and that we definitely, that was the first connection, and Abe's never, all al- the albums Abe's done have always been, he produced, he, he did everything, He's, he, he likes, you know, doing things himself. From there, I did that, and I was working with Shlomo Simcha, I produced his album around the same time, same year, 2016, 2017, and then I told Ifta, I told, I told Shlomo I said, how can we get an H to happen? I said, I, I grew up, you know, I would love to do an H album. So we talked to Avi. It's so hard. It's, we've tried so many times. The last thing, Avi, you know, he doesn't. I don't know. He's not budging. So come, make, you know, make it happen. Maybe you know. And he said he throw it up, and I would do it, and whatever. And and then he said, no, I worked with him a little. Like let, let's talk about. It. Like he was open to even the conversation. And Baruchem, that led to that. And, and now we're working. Was on he Jer- happy with? Oh, now you're working on. What did you <laughs> say? Now working on Journey's Five. I almost cut you off there. You're working <laughs> on Journey's Five with Avi? Yeah, we're we hopefully wow. be released before the end of the year. The before the end of the yeah, year this year, before no, Tashim Payalov? No, 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 probably 2021. Time, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Age, uh, Journey's Five. Journey's Five, Mr. Show. Wow. It's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wow. And it's, AB again, style lyrics? Yeah, AB, AB, you know. Journey's are challenging, Journey's musically. Challenging. It's not like a hit. Yeah, 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 no, no, it's not, I mean, he's been working on songs for years. He didn't let me know until what, recently. What is the project you're the most proud of that you've ever done? An album, a song, a single, a moment? It's a good question. Um, uh, it's hard to know. This, uh, I'll probably say in the, in the last year, there's a few things I've done that, uh, that I'm pretty excited about. Um, also, I just think it's opened new doors where I could see you know, future projects uh, taking me. One, one of them is the Off the Record, which I did with Baruch Levine. So you, you did something a little crazy though. You went into oldies and the songs that everybody's ate these things yeah. and they're done with, and like maybe in camp they'll teach you a song, and you just... Right. And what, the reason I'm so excited about that album is, first of all, it, it just... It was very well received, meaning it did well for whatever well is, you know, in 2021 in sales. But it, we know it's well received. It was excitement, it was vibe, you know, you use vibe, your status to great effect. And just the fact that I see kids now know these songs, it's to me is wow. Like these are songs that were even before, a lot of them before I was born. And I grew up with them, and even and some of them I didn't more? even know. And I, what? You're planning more off the records? We're planning Mirza Shem. I have a sequel to Off the Record, you know, to get the rest of the English we're trying to see. If we have enough for two more albums, one more album, you know, we don't want to water it down. So we want it to be, you know, as strong. Your plight pierces my Chose those songs. We had a we had a little group. It was me, Baruch, and Yaakov Brown. Of course, the, legend. The project curator of Klai Star, I call him. Great. Unbelievable. Someone has Yadis, and someone has Drive, and someone that he wants to even. He's coming th- at the music. I see how he writes about songs in a very emotional place, and very, he really yeah, very real. He's also, he's a very real person. Uh, just a friend. He's, he's, a, he's such a real person, and we speak all the time because. Any, first of all, anytime anyone needs, like people assume I have all the best ideas because I produce music, so they send me a question, I just forward it to him, forward it back, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know. So he's, he so he's he, Yeah, he, he's tremendous ideas, he knows everything, and he also, he's, he's, he'll go to any extent to make, he wants this whole, you know, movement of bringing back the old songs, which I think is very important for a few reasons. 
one reason is I, I feel that you know obviously we know music plays a huge part in in Yiddishkeit and in everything as we sing in shul we sing at Shabbos table we sing everything is always Nabuch, you know you have the tragedy what do you have you see everyone singing together singing it's it's, it's at our it's at our core and uh, obviously music has changed that always have music change but you know today's music that comes out I'm, I'm not putting it down everything has their place and I I do a lot of that, you know music also. It's just, um, it's not any more music that you sing. These aren't songs, like right. we're putting out songs and not, what are we singing at weddings? All the old songs. So there's something about the old songs that is more, you could sing it. You and sing the feedback it. justified that decision because you invested. So I did it more, it was like more, what we did it was more like a dream. Let's, let's do it so geschmack. But the feedback showed this actual people want. There are people that I haven't bought an, an album since 1998. We mm-hmm. lost a lot of people over the years that, that no longer are interested in music. And this brought them back. Like, and wow. you know, anything I put up, people say I love is, but when are you doing another one? Like, there's something there. So I definitely want to yeah, bring back more old stuff because it's important for the kids to know the stuff. And it's not just, you know, a lot of people say, eh, they don't, they don't want to hear it. It's old-fashioned music. They're, they're mistaking yeah, the melody with, right. the, with, the, with, the, with the music. And again, I'm, uh, with that also, I wasn't looking to reinvent. I was very, we stayed very true to the original arrangements in an updated way, but to state the instrumentation, not to change the vibe of the music. Danny. We're almost out of time. We didn't talk about my favorite song yet. We, gotta, we, have, we have to talk about this. You, I think you gave Claudius all tools. No one even knew. Tell us a little bit about the song. A Yid Never Breaks. What's the name of the song? A Yid? What do you call a yid. it? It's called A Yid. So what, what made you put that out? Where did it come from? So A Yid it came, it was, it was composed by Chayla Nuhas, um, who actually wrote the lyrics for most of the Uncle Maishi CD, which I produced this year also. And um, she presented me with, with a song, a yid. And she, at that point, there, there was different words. She wrote it for like a school play about pogroms and the hyper one. A yid never, like, you know, the old they went through and a yid never breaks. And almost like it was done a little faster then. It wasn't like so, yid. It was, it was done in a little more of a fast way, of course, you know. And uh, in a sense, it's very nice. You before know, right? COVID? This was, I heard it definitely before COVID. She reads, you know, through COVID, she said, you know, maybe we should take this song. And, and just do it a little more, you know, for COVID. And why know? Benny? What? Why did you release it with Benny Fido? I, th- I thought Benny was just the, the, the right fit. I thought that the was motion your call. that he, yeah, I thought the so motion. You, the, the I showed, the, yeah, so I, sh- I showed the song to Benny, and Benny liked it. You know, he liked the song right away. You so talk about the relationship between what's going on in the world and the music. That song sort of benefited because a yid never breaks. Like you're saying with pogroms, when we grew up, why, do we, why should we break? We're in America and everything's good. Why, why would we be breaking? And then COVID came. And for the first time in, in a half a century, we were dealing with questions, schools, shuls, opening, persecution. And that song came out like, like, a, like, a, like a lightning bolt into the heart of Klai, so. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think in general, the reason a lot of the music doesn't talk to people is because they, they, they don't relate to it. And I think that's why, going back a second, throw off the record, which was English, and English message is something that people talk about this, taking a song, the powerful message, and when people need it. And we released the song, and uh, I mean, we, first of all, we spent, just to, from when we started until we got the lyrics we wanted, we wanted to keep it vague enough that it's not just for, it's not a code. We want the song to be a song that people could always connect to, people could hold on to as a song of chizik. Um, and so we had to be vague enough, but specific enough, and, you know. The, 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 the Personally, I, I was very moved by the first time, you know that, and I, I, I carried, it carried me. I lived in Montreal, it wasn't the easiest year COVID-wise, and it gave people chizik. And then, Rachman old song, we had the tragedy on Iran online, right? and, uh, and the song went to the next level. It became, it was everybody's status, and everybody was singing and holding on to that song. Uh, people were playing it at Simchas after Lagra and Raja, because that, that was everyone's right, exactly. therapy. Which, which a Yid never breaks, his tata loves him, uh, a Yid understands that Hashem has a plan, yeah. and that's all it takes to make it through. <laughs>
Almost when something becomes so big, you feel like it's, I don't know, it's nothing to do with me anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's obviously we put out a nice song, but something, you know, doesn't really make it. Oh, yeah, I produced it. Here it's like, it's like, it's like the world song. It's not, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's like a, in a humble way. It's just more, it's so out there. And everyone's and the messages that come in every day from it that everyone going through their own sorrow and they could hold on to the zith. And everyone writes, I feel like this song was written word for word for me. For me. Everyone's saying, which is like, Wow, that means like we accomplished what well, we wanted to accomplish. It. People amazing. are, and it's not you know a song could be a fad. People listen to it, nice song, they move on next song. Here it's like people say now this song, this is part of my daily routine. I listen in the morning, listen at night. I need chizik. I'm going through this sorrow. I put it on. It's. Uh, I'm not sorry, but it's my routine. Yeah, no, no, it's, of my it's, life. It's, if I'm it's, if I'm alone, Danny, gross. I, first of all, this was too short. We have to do this again. <laughs> your mask, right? Second of all, it wasn't so hard. Right? It wasn't so bad to come out of your bunker. <laughs> a little bit. So bad. It's good to get some fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming in. I hope we could do this again. And it's a pleasure to speak. Thank you very much, sir.